Good morning. There I am. Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa. I want to welcome you to worship this morning on this beautiful, sunny Sunday. And I want to share an announcement with you just because you know me, I'll forget later. Um, so for this summer, we are going to one service in July and August at 10 o'clock. What did she say? In July and August, right? One service, 10 o'clock. So I just wanted to remind you that it's a great way for us to actually, you know, get together more. We, you know, we have people who see each other at 9 and then at 10.30, but you never actually meet each other. So we're going we're gonna to do that all summer and get to know each other a little better. But if you'll stand with me for the call to worship. Come, Lord God, and be with us in this hour. Come, Lord God, and speak a word of comfort to your troubled people. Amen. If you'll remain standing and join with us to sing Holy, Holy, Holy.
you'll remain standing for our invocation prayer. We'll say this together. O oh God, who is greater than the most powerful forces in this world, enable us to be still and know that you are God. O oh Lord, who answers out of the whirlwind of everyday life, breathe in us your Holy Spirit to strengthen, comfort, and guide us in the midst of the storm. O oh, still, small voice, speak to us this hour that we might become makers of your peace in our homes, in our communities, in our world. We pray all of this in the name of the one who calmed the raging sea. Amen. If you'll be seated, please. So one of the fun things that I like to do is get to share with you these pegs, you know, a way to pray, a way to engage, and a way to give um, in service to each other. We're family, and so we do things together for the benefit of the family, right? And so during the summer, my favorite thing is we do, we ask you to do $10 for 10 weeks for 10 different missions or programs that might need a little extra boost in the summer. And for me, I like to be involved in things, and so this is a way that I get to feel like I have a you know, a piece in every pie. And so I love to get to do this, and I hope you do too. So this week we're asking that you give your extra 10 for the kids at summer camp. If you could help make sure that these kids who need to be able to go actually get to go. Um, I know when I was a kid how important it was to go away to summer camp, and my family was not well-to-do. And so I wouldn't have been able to go without the support of people like you who put that little $10 extra in to make sure that a little, little Lisa got to go to summer camp. So if you can do that, it would be wonderful. And I'm going to ask that you sit back and enjoy this special piece of music from our choir.
Amen. It doesn't get much better than God's grace, does it? This morning, um, if you'll join with me for our morning prayer, if you'll bow your heads. We give our thanks, Creator God, for the fathers in our lives. Fatherhood does not come with a manual, and reality teaches us that some fathers succeed while others fail. But from you we learn what a father is meant to be, strong, loving, and wise. For your sake we honor those men who helped give us life, and all the other men whose love and strength have helped us to grow. We ask for your blessings for them all, and forgiveness where it is needed. Thank you for the men who cuddled and played with us, and so helped us to learn what your joyous love is like. Thank you for the trustworthy men who taught us about your faithfulness. Thank you for the men who gave us their time and attention, and so helped us become secure in our own self-worth. Thank you for the men in our lives who have prayed and watched over us, kept our secrets, baited our hooks, assembled our bicycles, rescued our pets, and banished the monsters from beneath our beds. Help us who are their daughters and sons, whether by blood or by affection, honor and respect the men whose love has made us strong. Help us honor our fathers for doing the best they could, even if sometimes we wish they had done differently. This Father's Day, we remember the many sacrifices that fathers make for their children and families in all ways, both big and small. So too, we remember all those who have helped fill the void when fathers are no longer available, when they are simply absent or have passed away. We thank those grandfathers and uncles, brothers and cousins, teachers, pastors and coaches, and the women of our families. Grant to those men among us who are now raising children an extra measure of wisdom that they might know how to guide young feet through an increasingly turbulent world. Give to them that strength that knows how to be tough as well as tender demanding as well as forgiving. We pray all of this as your Son taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If you'll please stand and sing, Breathe on me, breath of God.
Good morning. You may be seated. Oops, sorry about that. I am Pastor Peyton, and I get the opportunity to share with you this morning, and I am happy to be here. Um, one of the things I was thinking about on the sideline, you know how when you watch things in the, like, sporting events and everything, the, the athletes, we used to talk about this in our household, um, always say, hi, mom. So I'm going to take this opportunity. Hi, dad. <laughs> hi, dad. So um, our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Luke, and it's the scripture where Jesus frees a demon-possessed man. Now, it's important to know that right before this happens, Jesus is napping on the boat, and the, the disciples can't figure out how he could sleep through the storm that they're crossing from. So I think it's interesting to see now what happens next. So here are these words, verses 26 to 39. Jesus and his disciples sailed across the Gerasenes, which is a land in, across the, the lake from Galilee. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a certain man met him. The man was from the city and was possessed by demons. For a long time, he had lived among the tombs, naked and homeless. When he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down before him and then shouted, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. He said this because Jesus had already commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had taken possession of him so he would be bound with leg irons and chains and placed under guard. But he would break the restraints and then the demon would force him into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because of the many demons that had entered him. They pleaded with him not to order them to go back to the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. Jesus gave them permission, and the demons left the man and entered the pigs. The herd rushed down the cliff into the lake, and they drowned. When those who tended the pigs saw what had happened, they ran away and told the story in the city and in the countryside. People came to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found a man whom the demons had gone. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully dressed and completely sane. They were filled with awe. Those people who had actually seen what had happened told them how the demon-possessed man had been delivered. Then everyone gathered from the region of the Gerasenes and asked Jesus to leave because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and returned across the lake. The man from whom the demons had gone begged to come along with Jesus as one of his disciples. And Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell the story of what God has done for you. So he went throughout the city proclaiming what Jesus had done for him. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us have ears to hear. Father God, I ask that you would enter this place and these words in our message today that you would guide my words to be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So our message today is this message of redirection. So think about this. There is an invitation in this scripture that invites us to reorientate our focus 
from the multi-voices and the madness of the world that we live in to the single call of Jesus. We can leave the wilderness that we may have found ourselves in, the isolation of despair and, and rest in the silence and stillness of God. So when we learn that this message through the scriptures and the stories and how Jesus works in the world, we learn a very important message. And it's this, that an encounter with Jesus results in radical transformation. So hear that again. An encounter with Jesus results in radical transformation. So as we get ready for this week with our students and this adventure of monumental love that our kids are going to experience through VBS this week, and as we hear the story from our scripture today, I ask you to sort of reflect on these things. Have you ever found yourself out in the wilderness somewhere? I mean, literally or figuratively. Have we found ourselves in life feeling broken and full of pain and hurt and seeming that every turn we just can't catch a break? That I try to do the things that I know are right and good and I try to follow a plan and it somehow seems that I always come up short. Have we felt that way? I think if you think about the man that was on the banks of the water that day, that he may have been feeling a little bit alone. He may have found himself feeling isolated and, and turned away. And maybe he just was tired of fighting. I think we can see not only how the man may have felt on the banks of the lake that day, but maybe we can see stories like this unfold in our lives pretty regularly. But there is good news is that today's message is a message of hope. Because when all seems abandoned, when all seems not to be going our way, when everything seems hopeless and we're in the wilderness, we can learn that an encounter with Jesus results in radical transformation. You see, the community that Jesus calls us to connect in is this community of brokenness, right? It's great when things are going well, but Jesus calls us regardless of how good we are. But he calls us when we are broken and hurting and sick and healing and seeking, which is the man's story in the scripture. The man was broken. He was possessed by demons. And, you know, the background of this text is crazy because Luke uses these words that it sounds like a simple healing miracle, but it was nothing sure of a miraculous transformation. You see, the words that Luke has used to guide us through this story in the original language brings us to this point that what we understand was happening with this man is an experience of living under brutal occupying power. Oppression, feeling lost, feeling isolated, and a process that repeated over and over and over again. So I wonder when you hear the story, and I have to tell you that I was talking to Pastor Lisa when I looked at sort of the scriptures for the day, and I was like, really, this is the story? But then the more I read the story, I started to think about who do you identify with in the story? Do you identify with Jesus who 
just moments before was napping and then had things to do and got out of the boat and followed his heart to share the story, to do what Jesus does, sharing love and compassion and, and healing and, and reaching out into a land. And this was a Gentile land. So this is one of the first times that we see Jesus leave um, and go into a land where he definitely was not necessarily welcomed. And we see that in the story because he is asked to leave. Or do you identify with the man? Isolated, filled with pain and brokenness, despair, loneliness, wanting to be set apart, lonely, anxious, depressed, or the community? Do you see yourself or do you identify with how the community has responded to the things that are happening around them? The pressures of the world, the pressures of brokenness in society, the fear and the awe that comes in seeing these crazy changes happen and not understand or be able to put words to the logic behind what has occurred. In seminary, we had to do this exercise and it was a whole lot more than an exercise. I think it's one of the most valuable things I've ever done, but it was called a personal spiritual development analysis. And in this, this PSDA, as it was called, we were to go through our experiences and how we had seen God at work in our lives from as early as we could remember until the present. And so in each instance, like you start this process by just writing down things that stick out in your mind. And then you go back and you, you write the story of that incident that you had written down. And then you go back and you look at that story and you see what God might have been saying to you in that story. And then you relate it to scripture. And so um, we did this and it was great. And here's what I realized in doing this, because there was a weekend that I spent what felt felt like in the wilderness, but I was in the wilderness with God and, and in prayer, and I was writing 22 instances of how I had seen God in my life. And this weekend was filled with tears and puddles of just mush, and I just, I, I would just boo-hoo. I would have to pause my writing to just fall at the feet of my Lord in prayer. And some of these tears were tears of joy and tears of sorrow and things that had happened that I wished that maybe had happened differently or I could have responded differently. But here's what I learned. An encounter with Jesus results in radical transformation. I left that weekend with a whole new idea of how God had been pouring into my life. And one of the stories that I wrote about happened right here in this place, sitting in that row. And it was probably about 15 years ago, um, I could look at the exact date, but I think it was about 15 years ago, and New Horizon had become my church home. It was a place that I wanted to raise my kids, I wanted them to know that this was home, and I wanted them to feel safe here, but in all honesty, I was a Sunday Christian. I came on Sundays because that's what we do. We go to church or we don't do anything else for the rest of the week. And then we go home and we live our week to the best that we can. And then we participate. I would take vacations to do vacation Bible school. But on this particular day, there was this talk of this women's conference. And not my gig, just so you know. At this point in time, this was not my thing. This idea of going somewhere for eight to 10 hours and hearing people talk like church stuff, 
for that long? How would we ever get through the day was my thought. But God kept speaking to my heart going, you need to go to this. So there's a couple things, and I don't know how many of you know this. Um, I do tell people, and you often don't believe it, I am an introvert. I can work hard to be extroverted, but I am a natural introvert. And so not only was God calling me to go do something for a long time that I wasn't sure I wanted to be a part of, he was calling me to go do it with people that I didn't know that well. And then there was another piece of this. He was, the, the way that it was working, I couldn't just plop down a credit card and pay to go to this conference. I needed some cash. I needed skin in the game. And this was not a time in my life that I actually felt secure to be able to pay for this. But I went because God kept calling. At this conference, I can tell you who the speaker was. I can tell you the scripture. I can tell you the stories that she told. And it's just as new to me today as it was on that day. But it was a time in my life, and it was the first time in my life that I physically felt the arms of Jesus surround me. I was able to crawl up in his lap, and time and space condensed. I have no idea what happened for the rest of the day. I just know at the end of the day when it was time to go, I never wanted to leave. I had a peace that had come over me in ways that I can't even explain. And I know that that encounter with Jesus that day resulted in radical transformation. It was my John Wesley Altersgate moment. I had this warming of the heart where I experienced God in ways that I didn't even know were possible. I was raised in the church. I knew what I believed. I was sound in my faith. And I wanted my kids to grow up that way too. But this was a game changer. You see... The foundation of my faith, my grandmother, had passed away. And I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to continue. Because this was my rock. This was my sounding board. This was my person. I think everybody has that person. This was my person. And on this day at this conference where God had called me to be, I realized that my encounter with Jesus resulted in radical transformation. I had a new place to turn, and it was personal. Not too long ago, Pastor Lisa, Pastor Rafe, and I and a team of people had the privilege to go to Cuba for their annual conference. And it was an amazing trip, the opportunity to get to go and see our sister church and to meet with pastors from all of the churches in Cuba that, that we support and to get to be part of worship. And um, it was interesting because during seminary, I remember hearing stories about churches and communities that were full of the Holy Spirit. That, that had these experiences in worship and prayer times that 
were nothing short of what you read in scripture. And I remember hearing sto firsthand stories from professors and praying and wanting to see how the spirit could work in those ways. I wanted to understand and personally be able to share how I had seen the spirit move. And then in Cuba, part of these worship times um, for the, their annual conference were full of spirit-filled worships. I have a picture of my daughter outside, like they climb in the windows trying to get in. There's not enough room to have everybody in worship that wants to be in worship. And there's a picture of Perry outside of one of the worship times and um, she had stepped out so others could get in and she's at the window and I can see her completely filled with the spirit. And that was a transformative picture for me. But on the first day that we were there, there was a young man, he was in his early 20s, and he was in a wheelchair and he was rolled in and he ended up sitting at the end of the row that I was in. So he literally was almost right next to me. He didn't speak English, yeah, he didn't speak English and I didn't speak Spanish. And you know how you just sort of notice and you try to, like I, I wondered what his story was. But there was no way I was ever going to know his story. But I noticed that his feet, he didn't have on shoes, he had on socks. And his feet were rounded. Like I don't know how to describe it. They just didn't look like feet that did a lot of walking. And since he was in a wheelchair, and I never saw him get up. I saw this I, as the, the service kept going and I started to see how the spirit was moving in the service and things were happening. And in, there was an understanding here that makes no sense. And then I saw this gentleman walk. And I know that sounds crazy. Throughout the time that we were there, I had an opportunity to see this gentleman on several other occasions, and he was also walking. He needed help, and he was unsteady, but he was walking. And there was a moment in time that even though we didn't share a language we could communicate in, I caught his eye, and he caught mine, and I was able to see his heart and understand his story. Again. I know this sounds crazy, but you need to hear these stories, and this is why I share these stories, to know what is possible, to know how the Spirit can move and work in communities, and to know how prayers and things can be answered, to know that an encounter with Jesus results in radical transformation. I pray that we as a community of Christ, that in our brokenness, in our pain, and in our isolation, in our wilderness, that we can be a community that can love others with this radical, monumental love. This love of Jesus that is contagious to people, that causes transformation, that moves the spirit to do things that seem crazy. So that others can experience Jesus in a way that causes radical transformation. So as we begin to end today, I want to leave you with a question, and it's where are you experiencing encounters with Jesus? See that when he encountered the man, 
that was possessed by demons, he sent him back to his community after he was healed to share his story. He went out spreading the hope of the good news with everyone that he could meet. He was sharing how he was transformed by the love of Christ. Because an encounter with Jesus results in radical transformation. So I, I started to wonder, what does that look like in terms of us as United Methodists? And I found this litany to our social creed that I want to share with you as we begin to wind up today. Because I think that this is sort of what it looks like. Hear these words. God and the Spirit revealed in Jesus Christ calls us by grace to be renewed in the image of our Creator, that we may be one in divine love for the world. Today is the day God cares for the integrity of creation, wields the healing and wholeness of all life, and weeps at the plunder of Earth's goodness. And so shall we. Today is the day God embraces all hues of humanity, delights in diversity and difference, favors solidarity, transforming strangers into friends. And so shall we. Today is the day God cries with the masses of starving people, despises growing disparity between rich and poor, demands justice for workers in the marketplace. And so shall we. Today is the day that God deplores violence in our homes and streets, rebukes the world's warring madness, humbles the powerful, and lifts up the lowly. And so shall we. Today is the day God calls for nations and peoples to live in peace, celebrate where justice and mercy embrace, exalts when the wolf grazes with the lamb. And so shall we. Today is the day God brings good news to the poor, proclaims release to the captives, gives sight to the blind, and sets the oppressed free. And so shall we. You see, Jesus sends us into the world to share our story of radical transformation as a result of God's love for us. It's a big job and we're going to be out of our comfort zones. But see, an encounter with Jesus and the monumental love of Christ results in radical transformation. Can you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Come. We pray to be transformed. We pray for encounters with Jesus. We pray for our brokenness in isolation. Father, we pray for your grace and your love. We rejoice in the story we have to tell of our transformation, and we praise you for your amazing love. Come, Lord, transform us. Amen and amen. So we're going to stand and sing.
So I have one reminder before I give you the benediction is at the end of all of this, we could use help moving chairs so that our children have a place to sit tomorrow. So if you're willing to do that, Ms. Christine is over here, she will direct you. But if everybody moves a few, many hands make light, light work. But in this moment, I remind you that an encounter with Jesus causes radical transformation. So I invite you to go seeking radical transformation and share your story in the world. Amen? Amen. Love y'all.